say amen one more time. Hosanna. What a great God we serve. You know what amazed me about God? He wanted to save a wretch like me. We ought to give him praise, right? I know y'all were all clean and dressed up and never did nothing wrong. But I'm talking about for Earl. He reached down and he saved. He didn't have to do that. Hosanna in the highest. Amen, amen. I want you to open your Bibles. I ought to bring G back up here and let him read again because he got that authority voice. But I'm, I'm going to give it a shot, Minister G. We're going to go back to Matthew 21 and we're going to read again. All right? And it reads like this. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of the Olive, that Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a coat with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughters of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a coat, a foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the coat, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their garments on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The multitude who went before and those who followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. I want to share with you this morning just for a little while on the topic of the king is coming the king is coming let's pray lord father in jesus name we thank you for this day i pray lord god now that you would stand up in me that you would speak to me and through me lord god that you will anoint me that i may hear your voice this morning father we thank you for all that you have done lord these are your people this is your word and you said your word will never return void Speak to us now, Lord God, please. In the name of your son, Jesus, I do pray. Amen. You may be seated. The king is coming. In 1958, a young man was born to this couple who were married, and he quickly developed a love for music. I mean, this guy just loved music. And by the age of seven, he was the lead of the family group. As a matter of fact, they were so popular until Motown signed them. He was only seven years old. I mean, this dude was bad. This dude could do it all. He could do it all. He could sing. He could dance. He could shout, jump, and hop. He could do all of that, and he made it look real easy. He could moonwalk across this stage and back over there without effort. If I tried to call an EMS this morning, but he was a bad dude. Some of his songs was Thriller. You all remember that, Thriller. They still playing it today. Another one of his songs was Billie Jean. 
Another one of the songs was Man in the Mirror. I mean, this guy could do it all, right? Wherever he went, wherever he showed up, the stadiums were filled with people. I mean, he was a world-renowned celebrity, right? Because he was a bad dude. But guess what? I know somebody this morning that's better than this dude I'm talking about. Now, this dude was bad. He was so bad until they deemed him the king of pop. I want to talk for a minute about the king of king and the lord of lords, the one who came and saved my soul and your soul, the one who showed up and made the crooked straight, the one who gave us life. This Jesus that I'm talking about was so bad, he was in the beginning with God and spoke and everything that we see now was made by him. This Jesus was so bad, I mean, if the sick were there, he could just walk by and the sick would be healed. One woman desired to press through and she touched the hem of his garment and he was, she was made whole. Why? Because he was a bad dude. He was so bad until he could raise the dead. He could speak and you'll come back to life again. He was so bad that he fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two little old fish and had a buffet left over. This a bad king I'm talking about. And if that ain't enough, if that ain't enough, he was bad enough to come down through all the generations and died on a cross and saved your soul and my soul. And I thank him because it didn't have to be that way. So if we could, just for a minute, online, give him a praise for saving your soul. Why? Because he's a bad Jesus, y'all. He's a bad Jesus. Can't nobody do you like this Jesus I'm talking about. He's a bad Jesus. He did all of this that we're talking about today on this great Palm Sunday because he wanted to fulfill his mission in this life. And that he did in a very powerful way. Okay? Verse 1 again says, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples. I love this because here Jesus is about two miles outside of Jerusalem. In normal times, Jesus wouldn't have sent for a donkey. Jesus had a habit of walking into Jerusalem. That's just what he did. So right now, he's about two miles outside of Jerusalem. He's actually staying at the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Okay? He's getting ready because Jesus understood something. He had a mission, and he knew the direction he had to go to accomplish this mission. So he's there, and what does Mary do? She washes his feet with very expensive uh, perfume, and she anoints him with that perfume. But Jesus knew what he had to do, right? This time, he was going to ride into Jerusalem. And so at the end of verse 1, it says he sent two disciples. Let me just ask you a question since Jesus is in the business of sending people. Are you willing to be sent by Jesus? Are you willing to take the message that he has proclaimed to you and I and share it with others? I'm just asking a question this morning. So verse 2 tells us that saying to them, go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a coat with her. Loose them and bring them to me. I love that because he said, you got to go. And when you go, you're fine right? The disciples didn't ask any questions. They just did what the master called them to do. Now the question to you this morning, are you willing to do 
what the master has called you to do. Sometimes you may hear things from the master that don't make a lot of sense to you, but it ain't about you. It's about the king, right? And so therefore, you're still going to have to do what the king has called you to do. The donkey that he told him to go and get uh, was something that was used for travel in those days, right? It was a big thing. The only way you had a horse, you were somebody. You were a big baller, shot caller, or you was a soldier. But here is our Jesus saying, I don't want none of that. I want this donkey. You go get it, and you bring him to me. Because you remember prophecy said he was going to ride on something that had never been written before. How many of you know that Jesus had the power and authority to show up to a wild animal and tame him just by looking at him? I'm talking about the king right here. So I'm talking about this morning, the king. And so I love this. The disciples, uh, they didn't have to go and look. They didn't have to go and inquire with somebody, have you seen a donkey? They didn't have to do that. All they had to do was follow the instruction, which was simple. Go to the town opposite you. They went. They showed up. And immediately, there the donkey in the coat is. I want you to get the picture this morning. We talk about Palm Sunday. We talk about Holy Week. When's the last time you really considered what all Jesus went through for you and I? When's the last time you just read the map of your life and remember just how wretched you were? But he came for you and I. This is the beginning of deliverance for you and I. That's why he did what he did. Because he loved you, right? And he wanted to please his father. So here's Jesus. Uh, he tells them, just go and do what I told you. How many of you know when Jesus ordains something, that's the end of it? You ain't got to talk about that no more. I believe that sometimes Jesus speaks to us and we pray our way out of his will. Praying for 45 days because the Lord told you to go next door, knock on your neighbor's door, and tell them a little bit about me. It don't take all that. Just do what he told you to do. My daddy had a sin in our house. I'm the man in this house. I don't care how big you grow, boy. I'm the man. I remember one Sunday, one day he raised his fist to me and said, do you hear me? And I said, yeah, 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 yes, sir. I hear you, daddy. Because I understood something. He was the authority in the home. What Jesus is telling his disciples, I've already spoken to the man who the donkey belonged to. You just go and get the donkey and come on back to me. You ain't got to do nothing else. Just go do that. Jesus, when he ordains something, you can count on it. It's over with. You ain't got to talk about it no more. And, and I love the fact that he told them immediately. You know what immediately means? Right now as we speak. That's what it means. So he's telling them, listen, I already know where the donkey is. Just go get the thing, will you? Just go get it and come on back. Some say all the other Gospels give us the account of one donkey. Matthew is the only Gospel that gives up the account of two. All Matthew is doing is pointing to Zechariah 9.9 and fulfilling what the prophecy said in 9.9, which was two. 
okay? Some suggest that, okay, uh, we're going to bring both of the donkeys and the mama donkey is there to calm the baby donkey. I know Jesus can calm any donkey because he can calm me. And so I understand that he got that kind of power. He can do all things, right? He understands and he knows where everything is that we need, right? I'm going to tell on myself. I got a habit in my home of losing stuff. Sometimes I think of somebody in that house other than my wife and I. Now, I know I just put my keys right there. I just came in the house. I always put, Marilyn, you got my keys? And she always responds the same way. No, baby, I ain't got your keys, but did you ask Jesus? I say, you know what? I'm getting tired of her telling me to ask Jesus. You seen my keys? I want to tell you this morning, we can laugh at that. But I am learning in life that as I go through stuff in my life, I can ask him anything. And I got to be assured that he knows everything about everything, no matter what it is. Now, some of you may say that's, that's so simple, praying about your key. I'm going to tell on myself, this morning I had some papers, and I went to the truck, and I got them, and I brought them in the house, and I put them somewhere other than where I normally put them. And you know what I had to do? Jesus. Where them papers at? So I'm just a testimony this morning that when you ask Jesus, he knows. Tell him all about your trouble. He can show up and do something for you. That's the Jesus, the king I'm talking about this morning. He's that kind of a king. But you got to learn to just do what he tell you to do. The next verse said, and if anyone say anything to you, you shall say the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. When Jesus ordains for us to do something, how many of you know that he makes the way for us to do it? Now, now you got to get it, guys. You got to get it. Donkeys was a value in those days. Had great value, right? And, and I don't believe you just be walking up to nobody uh, house talking about, I'm getting your donkey. That ain't, that ain't normal. Going to be some stuff going on, okay? But Jesus had already prepared the heart of the owner. I just got to drop this nugget. How's your heart feeling this morning? Is your heart prepared to worship him on this Palm Sunday? Rev. Meddy, our minister of music, didn't he do a great job teaching us on worship on Wednesday night? Didn't he do a wonderful job? And then he's, he got up here this morning and got me all happy again. Then he had G read the passage I was in. But you know what I get from that? That our God is a good God. Our God is a good God and he can do all things. But Jesus had already prepared the way. I'm glad that Jesus looked out for us because sometimes we don't look out for ourselves. We just go into stuff mano mano. We're we going to face it when we get there. Be careful. Because you might meet something one day you can't tame. It's a dangerous thing to do. But Jesus said, if you just get with me and do what I do, I'm going to have it to where you can do what you need to do. He didn't say it was easy. He didn't say you weren't going to have any trials and tribulations. But he did say, I'll bring you through them all because I'm Jesus. And I can do that. That's what he's trying to tell us here today. But everything that Jesus did was only to fulfill the scripture. That's why he came, guys. That's why he showed up down here for you and I. That's why he came. 
That's what this Palm Sunday and Seven Cries and Resurrection Sunday is all about. It's about him saying yes to his father. I'm going to fulfill what you have laid before me. Verse 4 and 5 reads like this. And this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, Tell the daughters of Zion, Behold, your king is coming, lowly and seated on a donkey, a coat, the fold of a donkey. Zechariah 9.9 gives us the picture. When he say your king is coming, what he's really talking about is that here comes the church riding down the road because Jesus is the church. Now he have us in it to make us better, to help us, to help get others saved, but it's all about him. And so he moves on to verse 6. So the disciples went and they did as Jesus commanded him. Now when I read that, all during the week, I just had to pause. Because there have been times when a voice has said to me, King, I need you to do this. And I wanted to ask why. Now, if you ain't ever did that, you probably ain't telling the truth this morning. But I'm just talking about they did what he said. Now, I have learned since walking with Jesus and going through my own battles that if I just follow him, if I just stick with the king, everything's going to be all right. Not some things, not sometimes, but all the time my God has the power to show up and make everything all right. Now, if he made something all right for you, give him praise online, worship him in your home. He makes it all right. He makes it all right. He makes it all right. But it's all done that this might be fulfilled. It is always better to obey what the king says than the sacrifice. I remember my daddy telling me, son, I want you to go out there and I want you to cut that yard. And, and he was kind of particular, okay? He didn't want you cutting it like a jigsaw puzzle. You go straight down, you turn around, you come back straight up. Well, I didn't feel like that. So I went on and cut that yard. How I thought was the quickest way so I could go on over there and play some basketball, right? So I got over there, boy, I, I cut that yard and I was over there in the field playing ball when daddy came home. And when he uh, showed up, he broke up the game. He said, uh, uh, James, I knew I was in trouble right now because he ain't called me by my first name, James. I said, yes, sir, daddy. I need you to Come on. He said, game over, boy. You come on and cut this yard. I said, but daddy, I cut the yard. He said, but yeah, I could see your name written in the yard from all these zigzags and all these low spots. I told, I had to recut that yard. All I'm trying to say to you is simply this. When Jesus speaks, give you a mission, just follow his direction. Just do it right the first time, and you won't have to go back for the next time. I never cut that yard like that again, because my daddy messed up my game time. But it's all right. But listen, as we learn to worship the Lord, as we learn to worship the king, you also learn to give him your very best. You give him your best, right? Give the Lord your best. You know, I'm, I'm often asked, uh, King, what you doing now? What you doing now? Well, I'm trying to give the Lord my best. 
at my house, my wife want to use my desk sometime to go move them plants out there. In my mind, I'm saying, boy, them plants look mighty good right where they are. As a matter of fact, I thought inside was your area and outside was mine. I was talking all that to myself. <laughs> but I come to understand that I got to give the Lord my best no matter what I think. I stand before you today asking you, how's your best right now? Are you giving the Lord your best? Are you serving him with a whole heart? You see, they brought the donkey and the coat. They didn't have a saddle. They didn't have a horse blanket. They didn't have anything but what they had on their backs. So they took their shirts off, they took their cloaks off, and they laid them on the donkey. I just want to drop this in on you. When God is in need of something, no matter where you are, give it to him right then and right there. Now, we all know he don't need nothing. He God. He can do all things. But he want to see us walk in obedience toward him because he is the king. And so we got to learn to give God our best. Will you give God the best of your time? I know it's always something to do. But this is the church. And this is a place where we're going to begin again, right? This is a place where we do ministry, right? So we ought to be able to do what? Give God our best. I'm standing here and I'm thinking about the life-to-life the, the -life counseling ministry that need more men. I'm standing here and I'm thinking about the food pantry ministry that need more brothers to help out. I'm standing here and thinking about some of the other ministries got great ideas, great vision, but very few people. Now, guess what? God is a big God. He gets the ministry done, right? He gets it done. But why don't we give God our best? What about in your finances? Are you robbing God when it comes to giving a tithe and an offering? Or are you giving God your best? Now, if that don't fit you right now this morning, just let it pass over you. I'm just talking about what the words say. You ought to give God your best in giving, right? Because you cannot give God. You can't beat God, okay? Malachi tells us to bring all of that into the storehouse, right? So you got to learn to give God your best because he's deserved the very best. You want to know why he deserved the best? Because he didn't send some secondhand prophet when he looked for somebody to come down and redeem us. He didn't go out and get a donkey and a, and, and a cow and say, you go down there and be a sacrifice for them. No, he formed himself in his son and he sent his son so that you and I could have life and we could have it more abundantly. He gave us the very best he had because he gave us himself. It's the God we serve. So you got to learn to give God your best. So here comes Jesus. He's entering into Jerusalem. He's riding on a lowly beast of burden, not a horse that represents power. He's coming on a coat as a sign of humility. This is the only place in Scripture where Jesus is telling everybody, I am the king. Research that. Look it up. This is the place where he's shining the light on himself. Listen, Jesus knew what was about to befall him. He knew what was out there in front of him. He understood that. He saw all of that. But he said, even though I know I'm still going to get on this coat and fulfill what my father asked me to do. So we got to know that Jesus does what he do because he gave his best for us. He gave his best for us, right? That's what he did. Verse 8, and it reads, And a very great multitude spread their garments on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them 
on the road. This was done when kings were anointed. People would, the captains of the guard, they would uh, cut down branches. They would put their clothing on the, on the ground and the king would ride his horse or walk on them. This was a sign of submission. They were saying that I am doing this because I am going to submit to your authority and your will. I just got to ask the question this morning, friendship, who are we submitting to? Who are we submitting to? You know what it really means? It means that we should position our hearts on the master and allow everything we give him to be under his feet because he's the head. That's why it's under our feet. He's the head. And it can't be two heads, right? It can't be five chiefs. We got to get this right. He's the head. He's the king. He's the Lord of lords. He's our savior. He's our light. So how do you see him? How do you view him? How do you view Jesus? You know, I'm be honest with you. For some of us, Jesus is coming on this donkey. And uh, if that was some of us and we knew trouble ahead, we wouldn't have had no problems getting on that donkey, but we'd have turned around and went the other way. But he didn't. He didn't. Because he loved you. Because he created you. He did all that for you. What will you give the king? What will you do for the king? I, it doesn't impress me what we say. It doesn't impress him what we say. But what we do carries a big stick with the Lord. Because he's watching us for our actions. He's watching us, right? So they, they, they spread in these branches. They're doing all these things. Because they didn't know what they were doing to a great degree. But what they were really doing is saying, yeah, you really are the king. Because when I read the last verse, they're going to ask the question. And I'm, I'll share it to you when we get there. But for you and I, we've accepted him as king. Yes, sir. We say, Lord, we love you. We accepted the sinner's prayer. We did all of that. So, Lord, we are now going to give you our hearts, give you our life. You know what that really means? That Jesus deserved full submission no matter what. He deserved full su submission from us no matter what. I'm learning that as I walk this Christian life, there's going to always be something. But I'm also learning that I serve a king who's a bad king. He can do it all, y'all. He can do it all, y'all. He can do it all. He's a bad king. He's a bad king. In my hometown, I, I, would, I worked at this store, right? And uh, this, this, this older gentleman asked me, he said, uh, boy, what's your name? And I told him, I said, James King. And he said, uh, okay, Perry, your dad. I said, yes, sir. And then he asked me to do something wrong in the store. This older gentleman wanted me to give him something and not let him pay. Now, I knew right there, this, 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 this man that, uh, this last name that I wore, right. King, 
that that king at the house down there on 902 Mail Street would have killed me. They'd raise me back up if I'd have gave that man that stuff for free. And I told him, I said, no, I can't do that. He said, well, I tell you what, if you don't, I'm going to go make up something and tell your daddy. Well, please go and tell him because I ain't giving you this because I represent my daddy. And my daddy wasn't a thief. My daddy wasn't one that stole and took from other people. I'm just trying to tell somebody today, we got to represent our king. And his name is Jesus. And you got to do us right because he sees you. And I just got to drop it on you. He don't bless no mess, church. He just don't. He don't do that. He don't do that. But I love the text, verse 9. The multitude who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who come in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. They were praising him, not because many of them believed in him. They were praising him because it was ordained for them to do so because Jesus had claimed his power and authority. He had claimed his kingdom in this because he knew that his kingdom was a part of suffering and he had to complete what his father had laid out for him to complete. And so there are people before him and there are people behind him. And I can just imagine Jesus in his little entourage. He's coming in on that coat. He's riding, and, 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 and they are uh, crowding in on him. And they done broke out in a praise song, Reverend Matty. They done sung Hosanna in the highest, and they done popped their fingers and clapped their hands and stomped their feet. They done did all that kind of stuff, right? Because Jesus is coming in. I asked myself yesterday, and I had to laugh as I just did, what's your song, friendship? What are you singing to the king? What are you singing to the king? I'm going to tell you this morning, if I had to bust out in song right now, it would be, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right, be all right, be all right. It's going to be all right because of who he is and what he's done and what he's going to do. That's why everything's gonna be all right. Now relax, breathe, I ain't gonna sing. Yes, sir. <laughs> I won't get put out the church this morning. Red Matt over there texting pastor right now, king up there singing, we, don't, well, we ain't gonna do that. I ain't gonna do that. But I just wanna know, is it all right with you? You see, it's all right with me because of who it is. It's all right with me. You know, and I love the fact that he's coming in in a triumphant way. I love that. A triumphant way. He's coming in saying, there's my power, there's my authority, right? In 1974, I had an experience with a triumphant event. We were going to the top 20 basketball. Uh, we were very, very confident that we're going to win this game. Uh, we had Treetop, Spook, Magic Floyd, uh, Nell, and myself. And we were going to go in there. And, and listen, after all, we had the home court advantage. 
we had the home court advantage because we were only playing 14 miles from our hometown. So all our crowd was in the gym. And we walked in the gym, and we just knew this is victory is mine. That's a church song, but we just, I'm just saying. But, but, but we just knew. We just knew that we were going to win that game. And by the time that buzzer ended, we left that gym with our head hanging down, and we came on out. But I, this ain't the end of his story. He know the end of his story. Death wasn't going to hold him down. There was nothing death could do to stop what he was going to do for you and I. And so he rides in triumphant. He does that because he had all power and all authority at all time, even when he submitted to death. John 10, 10 say he submitted to death because he said in John 10, 10, I'm going to lay down my life. He was such a bad king that couldn't nobody take it. He just laid it down. I'm talking about Jesus, y'all. I'm talking about a bad man. That's who he is. That's who he is. He's riding in. He knows that five days later, he's going to die. But he's riding in anyway. He kept on coming. He knew that those that were out there in the streets singing and dancing and praising him was going to forsake him and turn their backs on him. But he kept on coming anyway. And I'm glad this morning that I serve a God who doesn't stop because of something of a little old problem like death. He showed up and he said in his word, death has no sting because he took it all away. That is why when we die in the Lord, we ain't got to worry about it. Absent from the body, present with the Lord because of what he did right here. I'm going to read my last verse and I'm going to sit down. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? It said the city was moved. One translation say that it was wild with excitement. Another translation say that it was thrown into commotion. But I stand here this morning and say, wherever Jesus show up, things gonna happen. Things gonna happen because of his power and because of his authority. He showed up and people went crazy. Those didn't know him were singing and worshiping him. They say, who is this, who is this? It's not like they hadn't seen him before. Some of them even knew his name. Yeah, this wasn't his first rodeo in Jerusalem. But they say, who is this? Because they recognized that it was something different about this man on this donkey. It was something different because he came with power and authority. I tell you, this is, this, this is good to my soul. So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. They were part right. This is Jesus the, the prophet. Now he may have came by way of Nazareth but he came from heaven sent by God. And that makes the difference in your life in my life because God sent Jesus. I'm talking about this king that we serve. I've said a lot to you this morning and I know we were rolling because I smelled the barbecue in the back. But I want to let you know this morning that this king that I'm talking about deserves you to give him your best.
This king that I'm talking about deserves for you to just do whatever he tell you to do. Whether that's in your marriage, on your job, wherever you go, people ought to know who you are. There ought to be something different about you. That's why they were going crazy about Jesus, because there was something different about this entrance. He came in because he knew that, you know what? I got this. You know why this was triumphant entry? You know why it was? Because Jesus already knew what the outcome was going to be. Yeah, I'm going to die. I'm going to get beaten, and I'm going to die. But a few days later, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to get up, and I'm going to save them all because I have that kind of the God that we serve. Rod Stewart once hosted a concert, outdoor concert in Brazil. This concert was so popular until it is said that it was 4.2 million people who showed up. Outdoor concert, Rod Stewart, rock man, right? And he got there, man, and he played his heart out, and he was doing some stuff. And you know why they came, right? Because it was free. And when I thought about that, I said, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I serve a king who's better than Rod Stewart, a king who's going to save everybody. All they got to do is accept the gift that the king is saying. The king is saying, this gift I got, it's free. It don't cost you nothing. So I want to invite you today. Come on in with me. Let's go party with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's worthy all days to be praised. Give him praise, church. Give him praise. This King is going to throw a party. The dead going to get up first. I don't know how many of us it's going to be. But what I do know is we ain't gonna never die. We're gonna live forever because of this king. So friendship, the king is coming. Where do you stand? Are you with the king or are you opposite the king? Are you trying to talk the king out of something instead of obeying the king? Or are you giving the king your best? I just want to know this morning, church, where are you? If there is someone in this building or online today that has never accepted this king as Lord and Savior, now is your time. Now is your time. This king came. I love the fact that he knew what he was facing. He knew about all the beatings and all the scourges and all of those things. But he came anyway. You see, a real king who really loves you when he hit that donkey, he ain't going to turn around and leave you nor forsake you. He's going to finish the work that God has prepared. It's very easy, guys. The gift he gives is free. So in this house online, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, in this house, raise your hand. Don't be concerned about the person sitting next to you. Because salvation comes individually to every one of us. Is there one in this house who would like to give their life to Jesus? Online, you can go online, send that, in, send that information in, infocbc.com. Someone will contact you. I just want you to know this morning that the King is coming.
what would he find you doing? 